go. Steve, it feels like fall now. Like it's like you're you're sitting here in a hoodie. I'm sitting here in a hoodie. You said it's cold there. No, it's it's fall. You, you excited? Leaves on the ground. Christmas lights going up in the neighborhood for people who are trying to get the warmish weather before it gets really cold. So yeah, we are we. This is a household that waits until after Thanksgiving for Christmas lights. Um. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I, I'm glad it's fall. Um. And I'm glad I'm sitting here chatting with you for another episode of Stuff Summer Says with Steve. Steve. Um, got a couple things to catch up on. Uh, a couple things to look forward to. A couple things to talk about. Uh, and I have a I have a question for this week's old guy, young guy. Not again, not stressful. I feel like I have to warn you, prepare <laughs> you each and every time. I'm sitting down. It's all good. But I I think I think you might have a good answer to this one. Okay. Um. Let me uh, let me start the old stopwatch here. Um, you and the dog hung out and watched the game. How was your viewing experience on Saturday? We had a good time watching the game. It was a good game to watch. The TV talent did a good job and made the experience better as opposed to worse. And the team performed well, which was great. Um. Yeah, I, that was... Uh... That was not a good football team that Penn State played. No, no that's they that's, were just really they bad. Were, they were really bad, which is kind of baffling to me because, like, I feel like that program has had a lot of momentum, and then, and I feel like maybe this happens with Indiana every so many years that they get all this momentum and then the door just slams shut hard. And it, I mean, I, I don't understand how that football team won three games. Yeah, they're just they're, they're just they're really not good. I mean, it's a horrible job for a coach to come to like it's just a bad situation it's, when when people used to talk i mean they are they are not a football school to a level that penn state is not a beyond school. far beyond a level that penn state is not a basketball school yeah. like it's just scary it's it's weird like you go there and it's like 10 minutes before kickoff and first off like you get in the stadium there's hardly anyone in the actual like stadium concourse and then you get into the sands like, oh, there must be more people coming. And then it gets to halftime. And I, I'm to say that place cleared out like by half is probably an understatement. Um, it was empty in there. Like even Penn State people were leaving. Like it was the it, game was over, right? Like go yeah. go get your pizza and, and enjoy the town, right? Like love mother bears. I still have mother bears leftovers in the fridge. Good job. Um, and the best part, so let me, let me, before we even get to the, the game, we'll get to the game before the game, which was me putting a beat down on my wife in bowling. Um, I'm very proud of that, that win. I, I got over a hundred. She did not crack, I think maybe 50. So when was the last time you bowled? We went bowling on my birthday this year. Um, I, I have to wonder if I might be a good bowler. Like, I, I don't know. Wait, I think you cracked a hundred. I, I was, I think I could do okay. Like, I don't think, I think I could do okay. If like, if I could got consistent, was consistent with it. Yeah, I could do it. So what is your, what is your winning streak in, in, in the, in the one-on-one -on -one competition with your wife bowling now? Are we at two or, or how, how, how many years have you been making her go bowl just so you could win and, and, and boost your ego? You know all time three and oh okay yeah. um 
All right, let's let's get to the actual game. That's enough about my bowling prowess, my Norm Duke bowling prowess. Nice, well played. You, nice. You. Um. So, I don't know. I don't think like I know we talked about at great length, pretty much the whole Sean Clifford Drillar thing, and my biggest takeaway from Saturday was. James Franklin is still going to be James Franklin in the sense of he has his morals. He is going to stick to them. And that biggest moral right now, I think is the loyalty one. Um, and I think for the most part, Sean Clifford backed it up. Like, I don't, I think outside of the the interception, which was just a terrible throw. Like I think he shouldn't have made that throw. I thought he played well. Um, I think that this again that was not a good team that they played but i think that was a good depth game for the defense like i I feel like i saw a lot of different guys that i didn't always get to see at other points of the season this year um you know the dds pick was awesome um uh, not curtis jacobs um who was the other guy that the cornerback that had the other pick um steve Season drop playing name. Where's the 25 number? Daquan Hardy. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Um, I had to work it through. Um, the defense, like that's what like that's about what I expected out of Penn State. Like that is the type of game that you go to. They, that's what they should handle. I know we could rehash, you know, well, they should win the other two games, but there was this like thought in me that like Indiana has been like this house of horrors a little bit for James Franklin, even though he's really only he's only lost there once, and that was without no one. And as I said, like there's no environment there. Um, the most excited people got was for the pregame flyover, and that's about it. And so, like I thought, all things considered, like everyone handled that game well, given what had happened the previous week, um, and. You know, I think it, it it removed some of the drill R. John Clifford heat. There's been less talk of that on Twitter this week. Um, everybody got it out of their system. And I thought drill R played fine. I thought he played perfectly fine. I think he might have been overreacting to the first touchdown throw. I don't know it was if, if there was a better secondary there. I think he, that ball probably gets picked off. Um, but he, he looked fine. I, I still want to see him kind of truly run or or play in a pressure pack situation for more than just he played in that Purdue game, um, which was now 10 weeks ago. And I don't think that'll happen unless it, they're forced to have that happen. I mean, I, I think that's what we've learned in the past three weeks or so is the starting quarterback is the starting quarterback. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think coaches – Although coaches have moved in general to embrace, some coaches have moved to embrace analytics more than they have. Coaches like some known quantities, and they are going to trust a six-year quarterback over a freshman almost any time, no matter who they are, where they are. So I think that's what you're seeing, and I and I don't. I think Alar was fine. I think Clifford was fine. I think the only thing that wasn't fine Saturday was Indiana's football team, which is just really bad, and. And Penn State beat up on them. You know, I mean, it was a depth game. It was also a confidence game in some ways. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Um, I think the biggest, most interesting thing that came out of the whole weekend's process, outside of this 
chain gang guy um story that everyone's kind of sort of talking about was ben jones's article kind of pointing out that what a lot of people that have been in my probably my camp maybe probably also steve's camp we don't see them in practice as much as the coaches do and james franklin like flat out said that and so i think while there's a good chance that drill r is going to be very good next year um i think he's still got to grow and i don't know i think doing that doing that at home or away is is a difficult ask you know until you're up a decent chunk of scores um so yeah yeah if the quarterback in your system for all those years isn't better than the quarterback that's been in your system for all these months that that's almost an, an indictment of the coaches too so yeah, I, I think what they have is is what they have, and it works. I mean, they've lost two games to two teams they probably should have lost to, and maybe one game they could have won out of those two if things would have gone a little differently. And they're marching along toward what's going to probably be a 10-2 and two season. Right. I, and I think that is um, my big feeling. with. I feel okay with everything. Um, let me ask you this, Steve. When's the last time you felt this safe in the running game? Because I feel this is the most confident I've been. It's been a while, game. and they're, they're deep, long. right? I mean, they're, they're, they're deep that you feel like something's not going right, they can try something else. Yeah, I, I, I it's been five years, right? 16? I'm, 17? Sure. 16, right? Yeah, even, like, there was this, like, with Saquon, it was different. Like, I think... With Saquon, it was like, we're in a hole. We need you to get us out of the hole. With these guys, it's, we're not even in the hole with them. Like, the, the hole isn't really there. Um, the Patreon Allen and Nick Sing, Nicholas Singleton now both hold or tied for the most um, touchdowns in a freshman year by running back at Penn State. Which, considering the running backs that have come through Penn State, I, as much as we harp on um, the quarterback statistics at Penn State, I think the running back statistics at Penn State do mean something. Yep, um, I agree. So. I think that's a that's a fair differentiation, right? Like, because we've always been running the ball, you know, and even if they're playing a few more games, that we're still not at that point where we played more games. So, yes. You're muted. You're making a great point, but you're muted. I'm making a great point to myself. I could tell by the emphatic nature Thank of your you. comments. I was just looking But our listeners up. went into the silent movie mode and Sorry. they don't know what's going on. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I was just looking this up because I was curious. Steve, I want you to guess how many more plays Nick or Katron Allen has played than Nick Singleton. Six. You went over. You'd lose on prices, right? It's one. Okay. Wow. That's impressive stuff for them. Like, I'm very fascinated by that. That, to me, is one of the more interesting um, things this season is is that kind of we're like, like, as much as, like, there's been not really quarterback controversies, but there's this bulked up quarterback room the wide receiver room seems to be evenly split and everyone's content with it. I'm very content with it. Um, 
Although Tank Smith, seeing Tank Smith run a football is one of <laughs> my favorite hobbies. Uh, so yeah, no, that was uh, that no. Was that's good. I mean, I think that balance that that, that that close is there's an art and a strategy to that now in the new world of college football. I would think, right? You got to keep people happy. You got to get productivity, and they're doing that. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think I agree. Um, anything else about Indiana you'd like to discuss? No, I'm glad their quarterback didn't get. I'm glad their second quarterback didn't get hurt because they were just. It was a revolving door before the first one got hurt. As the first one got hurt. Yeah, that was a interesting situation. That was a not that I texted uh, someone about the game this weekend, and they were like, "Yeah, you could have gotten home." versus that offensive line and i was like mm, you might be right there like i i probably if you gave me 10 tries i bet i could get to the quarterback at least once right. there you go that'd be great um, people would pay to see that yeah top dollar top dollar new nil experience like like can you sack a quarterback i always want to do that with kale we had a we had a united way fundraiser on on campus that was like free throw shooting and I always wanted to do like, can you take down Kale? Like people pay to try to take a takedown against Kale Sanderson. Never got very far with it. Probably because the liability insurance on that. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> My God. He, like he could probably throw me at least 10 feet in the air without like, like, 10 feet that way. I still like, think that could work, right? I mean, especially now with is. NIL, right? Like you could, you could, you know, it'd be one set of money to try to get a takedown against one person, another one like Justin Varner and and Kale. And, and yeah, we could, yeah, man, it's got possibilities. Huh. Look at us. We're going to start our next NIL conglomerate to compete with the seven other Penn State NIL conglomerates. Exactly. Um, okay, cool. All right, Steve, um, moving on to this weekend's game. Maryland comes to town. Um, they are a six and three football team. They took Michigan. They had Michigan on the ropes. Um, they didn't really do well against Indiana, and they kind of crapped the bed last weekend against Wisconsin. Um, do you think this is Penn State's toughest game outside of the bowl? Or is that Michigan State? The toughest. You know, I, I think it, I guess, I think it might be Michigan State. I just think they, I thought that was going to be this game a week or two ago. And I just think the Wisconsin performance has has changed my opinion on that. And maybe Michigan State will have it stuffed together in two weeks. Um, or, yeah, yeah, two weeks, right? Um yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a tough one, a super tough one left if they do their stuff right. I mean, I think Rutgers could be emotional and it could be fun and whatever else, but it's not going to be a night game out there or anything crazy like that, obviously. Um, and I just think after last week's performance, Penn State's head should probably be right and they have confidence. Defensive line would be big against this quarterback and this offense. Um, maybe, I still think maybe Michigan State's tougher than with, with the – than the bowl game. I just it thought is. Maryland would be tougher, but I think I'm wrong. I think Penn State should win this. Not as easily as last week, but they should be in control from start to finish. I have not seen the spread. Have you seen the spread? I have not. Okay. 
Um, I'm I'm interested by Saturday's game. Like, is it very much a little brother, big brother type game again, or does it get close? I think with it being at home, I I don't really I'm not terribly concerned. Um, I am quite interested to see like how the home crowd handles a mistake like Sean Clifford made early on um, versus the like last weekend when it was away game. So he kind of had that respite of nobody was really going to boo him. Um, So there's that. Um, I do think it's super interesting that Sean Clifford will likely become the Penn state all time career uh, passing or passing yards. Um, Like uh, here's my, here's my, PSU and on theory right now <laughs> is that is that Sean Clifford breaks that record and that's why he played last weekend so long and then he breaks that record at home this weekend and then it's the Drew Alar show for the 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 remainder of the season outside of maybe the bowl game depending on who they play. Well, could play out that way. I mean, I think I, yeah, I think I wouldn't doubt that the coaches wanted to get him to pass the number at home. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think as much as you say you don't control those kind of things, you want to control those things. It's if you can control what you do, and it's it's the right thing to do in a lot of ways. So, yeah, um, twelve point spread. Twelve points. Okay. Honestly, if they play like they did last weekend, I I, I would take Penn State to cover there. I think. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I just think. The weather's going to be decent after the rain gets through. It's not going to be a sludge sludge fest. They should be able to to do some things. That seems to be the hot topic of the week is if the lots are going to be open on Saturday or not, which you would be fine because you're in a nice paved lot. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be a lot of rain. They're moving high school games till, till, till tomorrow night around here. I saw that. Yeah, they, they moved up the State High and Altoona game uh, to tomorrow. Yep. Um, so yeah okay I'm getting um, soft well, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you tell um yeah i mean is there any drama is there anything you're so no. we're not concerned about it. is there anything you expect to learn from this endeavor on saturday how old tolia tonga vailoa is because this is like for as much as people have harped on Sean Clifford being at Penn State for about ten years, Talia Tungavailoa has been at, at Maryland for equally as long. I think that's true, and he was someplace else first, right? Because he transferred there. So he was he is the new Jared Aberderis. That is <laughs> that is forever my you were in college for a hundred years football player. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, no no drama. Um, Maybe I'll go to the farm to farm to table thing. stadium table thing this time. Um, Got two games left. Got to get one of them. I, we are approaching, though, the Michigan State Creamery game where I will get Creamery ice cream as per tradition because there's no that's the only thing near us that doesn't have a line. I will say the lines have been better this season. Well, there shouldn't be. Well, that's not true. Michigan State, that, what, that's, the, that's the Saturday of hunting season. After Thanksgiving, that'll be an interest. That's always that'll be an interesting crowd because this is only the second season. This is the first season they've been home on hunting season Saturday. Is that right? 
Were they home last year on that Saturday? I, you know more about hunting season than I do. I so. know. I'm just saying that out loud. I'll have to look here quick. Also, I home. number one, I don't hunt. Number two, I don't even live in the state, that state, which I don't even know when Maryland's hunting season is. Does Maryland even have hunting? Yes, they do. Sure. I had yes, some incredible do. deer jerky at the last tailgate last at the at the Ohio State camp. Yeah, they were at Michigan State last year. I don't think hunting on Saturdays has been a thing, but just for two years, I think. So, yeah. For those wondering, deer season opens. Oh God, I'm not going to bother. This is it opens Saturday. Well, it opens but, that Saturday, the real one. Archery season's open already. It used to be Monday, so it didn't conflict. Now it's the Saturday. Huh. Maryland's deer season doesn't open until December. There you go. And it's only three days. Hmm. The more you know. Um, okay. So we have an outdoor segment now, too. That's great. Yeah. Look at us. We're hitting we're really hitting all the bases today. Um okay. Moving on. Penn State basketball started. The Lady Lions are playing right now. Um, the men's team opened up with a win over Winthrop. Um, most hype going into a Penn State basketball season in quite a while. Like it, they think this is a must-make-the-tournament season. Not not like in a anybody's on the hot seat way, but like tournament is a very real expectation this year, right? Yeah, perhaps I think so. Um, I, it's it's hard for me to say most hype because. They don't feel like they're hyping it hard. Like, you know, yes. they're, they're going to they're gonna play some games and win some games and be better without telling us about it, which I'm okay with. Just go win the games and I will start being a fan. Don't, don't ask me to climb or whatever. But that said, that coach apparently had a big first victory, so I should not complain. I have not looked at what the Florida Gulf Coast does. They beat USC in the opener at USC, I believe. Oh, good for them. Yep. Um, here's my take on college basketball season. Did you know it was college basketball season until Monday? I knew it was coming. I don't usually pay attention until January. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. I thought, um, I more so thought it was going to be a bigger hype this year. Cause I, I and I think, I don't know, maybe it's just kind of this new direction with the athletic program that we're still going to go all in on football. I don't know. Maybe some of it was also like the down vibe of losing to Ohio state kind of just put a down vibe. And then oh, you know, hockey kind of rescued it with the Michigan stuff, which we should talk about them briefly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm excited for this season. I think I will actually pay attention because I'm like you not turned off by the we're climbing, we're climbing. Um, and all of that fun stuff. Um, I can live with this gritty, not pretty thing, but like we're not going to be annoying about it. That's that's what I've noticed. Right. Put on some uniforms, go win some games, and I can be there. Speaking of uniforms, your thoughts on the new Lady Lions uniforms? I don't know if I was excited as you were, but they're nice. Like I, I don't, they're nice. I don't get as excited about that stuff. I I, I have more of an them. issue. I have no. I what I don't like nearly as much is when we start going to things that aren't blue and white. Like, I'll give you the pink and black for the men. But, like, the whole gray stuff and whatever else, and I know they won games in them. Not in our color palette. It's like every other school in the country that has black uniforms because 
it makes them marketable. The kids like them, whatever. Um, I mean, the Lady Lions, I think the Lady Lions need to win more than they need New Jersey's. And I hope they do. That is Steve's hot take of the year for the Lady Lions. Glad I enjoyed that. I, I love these jerseys. Like I, What makes them so dumb, good? The script. It's the script. Okay. Although I don't necessarily love that the Lady Lions are on the, like it says Lady Lions on the back. I think that was one of the unique things about the Lady Lions is that they are the Lady Lions and not the Nittany Lions. Right. Like put that on the front. Tell me that. Um, so I did appreciate or you know i do think that would be my one tweak um but i don't know i like i feel like we've really beaten in this whole like boring font thing like at least try to spice it up i mean what is your favorite penn state end zone of all time like that you've lived through and oh that i've lived through yeah because the there are my favorite is is the checkerboard one right like the checkerboard checkerboard was in my lifetime but i don't i didn't see it in person okay um you're old yeah i was i mean the the 80s chipmunk script penn state probably yeah that like and why is that why is that very memorable because it was different and because it was memorable it was different right yeah well but that was the whole the whole new end zone stuff was part of we're going to be strong solid and simple that was that was a guido piece along with the white out of we're going to be solid and steady and Penn State and that's the font that goes in an end zone for a team like that. You know what I'm just realizing? They did not redo the end zones for the generations of get greatness game no, this uh, year. No. Nope. They did them in the normal white. Yep. Which I thought was because usually they've done the like diamond. The diamonds were cool. Like the diamonds were a cool touch. Yeah. And that would be my favorite. Like I would sign me up for that. Like I would I would go to Neyland Stadium just to see the checkerboard in person down there. Yeah. The the there's some really cool, like I, I love going back and looking at the old photos of when it was up, when the stadium was up kind of by Kern building uh, where the lion shrine was, is. Um, and to me, like, I, I don't know, like those pictures, those are, that's like a lost era of Penn State. I think so much of it kind of was, when people think about Penn State football, they still think about Joe Paterno and they think about that and everything else. Um, but I think the, like there's a lot of cool images and cool things that that come from that you know part of the history book, so to speak. Um, I agree. Did you go to any of the hockey games this weekend, Steve? I did not. I watched Friday because we had an early wake up call Saturday and learned a lot by watching. I'm glad I watched I, I, the the color commentator. I think it was Starman Dan Starman was just really good. Just, I mean, I I knew I was seeing good hockey hockey that I don't know that I've seen in the past five or seven years from them, um, defensively, especially. Um, and then Saturday I listened because Brian wasn't doing it. I listened to the, to the folks that were doing it, um, to Eric and, and Chris Funky, um, and enjoyed both ways, both ways, enjoyed, enjoyed listening on Saturday and Friday. I just thought was, they were so much fun to watch because they played, they played like they hadn't in a while. Yeah. I, I did not get a chance. We were traveling during the game. I was following along on Twitter. Um, that by far is the biggest win probably in program history. Yeah, no, I think that is outside of the Big Ten championship win. Um, that's that's the biggest win in program history. I think they're going to be a the final four is a or the frozen four is a very achievable goal for them this year. Um, you I are think. always Mr. Optimism. That's great. You yeah, know but in a pretty tough conference. 
I, I know that. I know that, but I, I know my hockey, Steve. You know that. You know that I know my hockey. Um, Four or six points this weekend was huge. Yes. Like that was, I mean, because listening Saturday, I'm like, oh man, this is the game you expect. Number one comes back and kicks some butt and, and puts you in your place. But then they rally the tie and force overtime, even that you lost in overtime. That stuff just happens, right? Like some team wins quickly in overtime. But to rally back and tie it was really impressive stuff against the team that has the talent that they have. No, I'm sorry. My watch was going off there. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, okay, moving on. Anything else? Penn State? Nope. Potpourri? Okay. Um, the Dan Orlovsky thing, I'm going to let you lead that conversation, but that is something that you brought up. When we talked about other media stuff, I thought Orlovsky, and I, I write this, if you get your Altoona paper for readers, um, I write this for this week. He was fair but also very positive in relation to Penn State did a great job of breaking down the quarterback play because he was a quarterback did a good job on the telestrator keeping stuff simple um was critical of Clifford with the first interception interception and appropriately appropriately critical um by saying you know that you expect more of a someone who's been there that long it's just not a decision someone who's played that long should should make um was critical of IU's coach and offensive coordinator for not finding plays for their backup quarterback to keep him from getting killed like the starter had gotten beat up like they should be making different play calls that make quick decisions um validated penn state fans by saying they have a reason to expect more from the program at times and and, and the difference should be and the expectation is that that drew alar is going to be that dude at quarterback and he's going to be the difference maker and they need that to get over some people um and then also said he thinks James Franklin is the person to get them over that hump, even though some fans have been frustrated. So I thought he was balanced and prepared and good, even though college football isn't the primary thing he does. He does a lot for ESPN, and I think he does a lot of it pretty well. That's good to hear that he was rational, because I think that is one of the things that gets lost for somebody like him, because he's younger, he's supposed to have a shtick, I think with his NFL stuff, he does kind of have a shtick that he's like a little bit kind of kind of in the same realm as Pat McAfee and like the funnier guy, you know, a little light, more lighthearted. Um, so that's good to hear that on Saturday he was he was that way. I enjoy him. I I don't just feel like ESPN maybe overuses him would be my kind of take. Like I want him either on college football or I want him on um on the NFL and maybe neither or I probably is me being me want him on college football stuff than the NFL NFL simply because I just consume more NFL or college football stuff um confusing myself there um so yeah I that's good to hear um do you want to get into the whole Jeff Saturday thing in terms of him kind of lobbying for a job? Did you think that, did you catch that? I was just, I, I missed a lot of the backstory, but when they said he was the coach, it took me a second. I was like, it was like, when did he stop working at ESPN? Apparently he stopped working at ESPN when he was named the coach. Like yeah. I, I thought I missed the transition. That's it's a God bless her say for saying the right things. And he's saying the right things. I'm not sure. I believe him. Um, in terms of them tanking or whatever else, it just, it just bringing somebody like from out the outside, just screams of a panic move. And I don't know. And I like Jeff Saturday on TV. I felt, I, I, I thought he was good on TV. So I, I feel that that's a loss for, for viewers. Yeah. He was, 
that was kind of my take on all of that whole situation. I also think the between the Orlovsky kind of being like, I'm not not saying no to a job if one comes on my plate. And then and then the opposite side of that was like a lot of ESPN people being like, what the hell are the Colts doing? It was very interesting to me because I can't really remember anything like this. Sure, there have been, you know, analysts that have gone on to be coaches, but those usually play out after the season's over and not in the middle of the season when this is the, like, this is the main thing anybody is talking about with the NFL this week. Right. I mean, people do the rehab stints, right? You're losing coach wherever in college, the pros, you go do your rehab stint at ESPN, you know, Dan Mullen's doing one now, or I mean, whoever, you know, just you've done your rehab stint away from the game and come back and, and, and get a job not in the middle of a season for a former player who hasn't coached higher than high school. Like it's just not that he doesn't know how the game works, but it's just, a seems like it's going to be a big leap in organization and standard setting and culture. And you're halfway through the season and yeah, it just, it seems messy. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, all right, I think that's about all I have to say on those topics. Anything else you want to add? Nope. I'm waiting with anticipation. All right. Here is my question for you. Let me give you the background. Tonight we had loaded baked potato. Uh, sorry, loaded sweet potatoes that are with a Mexican theme to them. They're incredible. They're delicious. Who do you oh, load them with? Uh, I'm getting there, Steve. Patience, <laughs> grasshopper. There's beans, there's there's like a salsa, there is uh, cheese, and then there were about four jalapeno peppers on them. I had to get up from the dinner table and get ice cubes out and put them on my tongue. So my question for you is this, Steve. Can you handle hot stuff? I love hot stuff. I love, I, I, it, it, now it depends. Like sometimes you get jalapenos that say they're jalapenos, but they're not like, they're just okay. No, these are, I, I went and looked at the package to confirm that they weren't a different level of pepper. Okay. They were, uh, we, I, I grow some peppers in my garden that aren't, that are just supposed to be like, I don't even know if they were jalapenos. They were banana peppers, but they ended up being really spicy. We went to the Yankees game in Pittsburgh this year and got nachos and those jalapenos on there were legit. Like those were, um, but yes, I love I love spicy stuff. I love spicy Mexican stuff. I love crushed red peppers like on pizza and stuff. I don't know that I love like other like I don't know how other other like if Indian food is spicy or other food because that's just not in my wheelhouse. But but Mexican food and just stuff that hot wings, hot spicy wings, just because they're hot, you know, they'll end up on my shirt, but they'll also be hot and taste good. So we've you're not a hot person. Sh- we've seen your shirts and we know that they've that's enough. exactly right. I'm gonna um, blame the holes on the on the hot stuff eating through the, the fabric. Okay, here's my here's my conspiracy theory about hot stuff that I have. So you know how they say every like seven years your taste buds change? I I've think heard that. I I am I just went through a taste bud change, maybe 2020, 2021. I cannot handle hot stuff. I, my nose was running tonight after one jalapeno pepper. Um, 
we went to a taco place in it's called bar taco uh, it's like a chain there's one in northern virginia and we went there for dinner one night and i ordered this one taco that was mildly spicy there were tears rolling out of my eyes because it was that spicy so i i want to be a spicy person desperately want to be a spicy person i i made I made chicken tikka masala or butter chicken that I could not finish because it was that hot. And it was, I know it wasn't hot. It's just every time I eat it, I, I turn into mush. Yeah. Well, and I think stuff does change. I mean, you know, I've always liked hot stuff. We, um, Russ makes a really good Buffalo wing sauce. That's kind of homemade. And I've tweaked that a little bit and I don't know if made it hotter, but I like it and I can eat it on, you know, like the bank stuff I can eat it on anything. Um, but yeah, big fan of hot and the runny nose and watery. That's a good thing. The, the, the only downside with hot stuff, depending on what the hot stuff is, is the contacts. You got to watch what you ate. Yeah. And, and then and you didn't do that mistake. And I made that about six months ago with something. And the next morning I woke up, I'm like, oh, yeah, there were, yeah. There were wings last night. Yeah, that's, that's not a good experience at all. Um, I, have a, I have another follow-up question related to buffalo chicken dip. I love buffalo chicken dip. What do you dip? Like, what is your vessel for buffalo chicken dip? nacho chips mm, okay interesting what, what else, I, I, what else I like there? nacho chips they're fine but have you have you considered celery i have not that is my pro tip for you so next time you make buffalo chicken dip or there Russ makes buffalo chicken dip um get some celery try that that is my that is my new go-to for buffalo chicken dip. We, we are checking all the boxes we had an outdoor segment we've had a food segment culinary this is great what else you can like and recommend, like and share, folks. Nobody else is stocks. checking all these boxes. Talk about why Elon Musk had to sell his stocks this week. Um, yeah, no. Anything else that you want to add about this week's podcast? I don't think I. I don't think I'm that well rounded. I think we've touched everything I'm capable of talking about. Okay. Okay. All right. Go clean that hot sauce off your hoodie there. Yeah, I know. Um, that that one looks nice. Now you. That's a nice. Where'd you get that one at? How long have you had that one? Let's let's ask this that is, question. First. This is twelve or fifteen years. Penn State bookstore on sale some Sunday after a football game. Do you keep them long enough? They all have stories. I have not been to the bookstore, like the book, the bookstore in the hub, in quite a long time, and I feel like I should trek on down there. Maybe this. There week. you go. Times a game three thirty. You have plenty of time. Well, and that's we are we are discussing. If the lots get moved, maybe we do a little bar crawl. Um, maybe there you go. Clan of hands and go to the first and yeah, have a nice, a nice little walk up to the stadium. Yeah, there's not a bowling alley within walking distance. No, there's not. That'd be a is there, there is there only one bowling alley in State College? Yeah, Northland is the only one. I think. Okay. Okay. All right. When's the last time you went bowling, Steve? Probably two years. Youth group thing. Hmm. How'd you do? Do you think I beat you in bowling? I bet I could beat you in bowling. Maybe. We, we see. We could find that. Maybe we could find that over the winter sometime. There we go. That's what we need to do. We need to have a do bowling. they still have duck pin bowling in Frederick? They, used to they do. The, it's up in uh, like Thurmont, I believe. Okay. So like, uh, in Frederick, in the county. But yeah. I don't want to do that. That would be bad because there's lots of space between those little pins. I was going to say, I've never done it. I would like <laughs> to go harder. do it just to say that I've done it, but I have heard it is incredibly difficult. It's hard. Um, and there's an, there's another one. What's the, is it cigar pin? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, probably. I've, they I've heard they also have 
cigar pin there as well. Like oh. they don't have normal bowling. They only have the, the like offshoots. Oh, wow. thing. So with that. There you go. Diverse bowling. Yeah. This is a bowling podcast. It's not even bowl season yet. Um oh, look at that. we get there. We'll get there. We're almost there. Um we have a podcast. You just listen to it. Uh it's called Stuff Summer Says with Steve. Um we have Twitter handles. Mine is at Stuff Summer Says. Steve's is at Steve Sampson. Other than that, uh, five stars. Like and subscribe. Like, subscribe, and share. And most of all, make sure you don't get hot sauce on your hoodie this weekend. That's my pro tip. Good job. Some wise, wise advice. Wise advice. Sage advice. Thank you. Goodbye.